it's uh it's great to be together and um you know if you're visiting with us i want to thank you for taking the time to to come together here with us as we worship our god uh you know again i, I want to thank the persings and coda and maggie uh Quadre and Jackie and Tatiana for just leading us in worship and uh, for, for Phil and, and, and uh, Larry and Larnie. Uh, you know, Larnie is behind the scenes helping make everything go. So thank you, brother, for the AV. Uh, again, very challenging um, when you got 320 devices going. Um, but, you know, if you're visiting with us this morning, I want to thank you for, for being here. And, um, you know, this is uh, honestly uh, probably the best week of my life. Uh, on the 28th uh, of April, I turned 52 years young. And, uh, and yesterday, uh, Sarah and I celebrated our 28th year anniversary. And uh, I say that to say, thank you, Lord. Uh, I feel so blessed. Um, you know, when you, you stop and you look at this little picture right here and you think, wow, these two little kids knew each other from five and six years old and God knew that he had a plan for them. I, I, that just boggles my mind and I, I'm so grateful. Thank you, uh, honey, for being who you are. Uh, I thank God for, for my kids and um, I, I'm just amazed um, you know, how fast this is going. And I used to take about 5,000 pictures a year in video, and I still feel like it's, it's not enough. Um, but it's so great to be able to look back and to see where you've come from, to watch and understand what God has done. And uh, I appreciate his grace. I appreciate his mercy. I appreciate his forgiveness. And I really, really appreciate his word. You know, last Sunday, I was able to go to Staten Island to, uh, to speak to the church there. And it was so cool because you've seen a lot of people that you haven't seen in a long time. And uh, it, it, it brought up some memories. And I, I thought, man, I want to share this with the church because sometimes you cannot see how what you've done has really helped and made a difference and uh, someone's life. And, and so I wanna play this video for you and uh, we'll keep going here. You know, that was Kayim. Uh And when I look at 2010 and I look at 2022, I say, wow, Kayim goes from leading, I'm a duck at preteen camp <laughs> to leading our worship service. And it just 
is a reminder of God's faithfulness. And I've entitled the message this morning, There is Power in His Word. His Word. You know, Luke 1, 37 says, and this is when the angel comes and he's talking to Elizabeth and to, to, uh, to Mary. And he says, for no word from God will ever fail. You know, this morning, church, I want to encourage us to remember something. That we have God's word and God's word never fails. But see, I want to ask you a question. What do you hear this morning? What, what are you listening to? You know, our relationship with God is our lifeline. It provides not only motivation to fulfill God's purpose, but it provides the perseverance that you and I are going to need to stay faithful to the end. And God's very desire is that you and I would know him and that nothing in heaven or on earth would stop us from continuing to get to know him and to serve him. That no personality could substitute us pursuing and loving our God, as the Bible says in Romans 8, 35 through 39. You know, there's two aspects to any relationship. And to have a, a healthy relationship with God, both aspects need to be in good condition. For example, our communication with God, our, our prayers, our talking to him, our just constant fellowship with him is vital that we're talking to him. And then the other part of that relationship is, is our time in the word. God speaking to us. God talking to us. We got to continue to listen and hear not only what he says, but to believe what he says, that it goes inside of us and that we are convinced well, what God said is true. You know, in Isaiah 55, verse 8, the Bible reads, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, flourish so it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Verse 11, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You know, there is nothing more encouraging than when you and I experience God saying something and then God doing it or God promising something and then you see it come true. You know, I was talking uh, to, to 
someone actually a couple of days ago. You know, this is Sherry Nader. A lot of you remember Sarah Nader, who is now Sarah Engel, and her and Shane lead the church in um, Anchorage, Alaska. Well, Sarah's mom remarried at 65 uh, last, I think it was last uh, summer, but we were talking to her granddaughter and she said, yeah, it was so great. This is Lily. And she was like, yeah, my grandma got married at 65. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> but I just thought, wow, that is so encouraging. And I know that she continued to pray and not give up and believed and trusted. I'm going to stay faithful. And if God so sees to it and blesses me, amen. And you know, when you see things like that, you know that God's word is true, that we can be faithful to what he says, no matter how things look, or no matter how we might feel. God is faithful. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Father, we again thank you for being who you are. We thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to come before you and to pray. Lord, I ask that you would bless our service this morning as we look into your word, speak to our hearts, Help us to understand you and know you better and ultimately put our trust in you. And uh, not in man, not in our intellect, not in our education, not in our experience, uh, not in what somebody told us, but to put our trust in you. We love you. We thank you. We pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Luke 8, verse 4. You guys are familiar with this story. Um, I'm, I'm going to read part of it, but I'd encourage you to go back and read the entire chapter to get the context. But uh, in Luke 8, it says in verse 4, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse nine, his disciples asked him what, what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others, I speak in parables so that those seeing, they may see, uh, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. So the disciples needed a little explanation, you know? And so Jesus takes them and now he's gonna break it down. In verse 11, he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed 
is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in time, in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. Now, the, the, uh, the, the new NIV says desires for other things. But look at the last part. And it says, and they do not mature. But verse 15, look at what he says. But the seed on good soil stands for those who with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Now, I know many of us are familiar with this parable. We've done it in Bible discussions, and we can, you know, say it backwards. But, you know, the point of this passage comes back to the individual. And the disciples heard it, but they didn't quite understand it. And so they needed a little more explanation. And so they humbled themselves and, and, and said, Jesus, help us understand. And so Jesus broke it down. He says, the seed is God's word. And you know, brothers and sisters, and those that are visiting, I want to encourage you and I to remember that the power is in the word. It's not in the delivery of the word, in the eloquence of how someone says the word, or the Greek understanding of the word. The power is in the word. The real issue in this parable is about the individual heart. And see, God wanted us to understand that it's about a heart issue. And the reality is, it's always a heart issue. From the beginning of time, God was after one thing with Adam and Eve. And it was something that they could only give him from their hearts. And that's called trust. He said, hey, all of these fruit, all of these trees, you can eat whatever you want. But that one over there, stay away from it. And they had one rule. They had a lot of yes trees. They had one no tree. And what did they end up doing? Going to the no tree, taking the fruit, believing that I'm going to gain wisdom. I'm going to gain this. And then, you know, Adam is sitting there watching his wife be deceived by the, by the serpent. And because they did not trust what God said, they had to learn the hard way. And they had to go their way. 
And from that time forward, God has been constantly trying to help man to trust him, trust what I say. And so he takes them from, you know, this family and he says, okay, Abraham, I'm going to start with you. And again, you read the Bible and he's constantly trying to get him to trust him, trust what I say. And at sometimes Abraham did awesome. At other times, he blew it. He took matters into his own hand. But it just trickles throughout time that God is after our trust. That he wants you and I to not just hear what he says, but he wants us to internalize it and say, you know what, God, because of who you are, because of what I've seen you done, because of the way that you work, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to trust you with all my heart. And so in this parable, Jesus gives this illustration. When the word goes out, it affects different hearts. And see, this morning, you might be hearing it, but, you know, you got your camera off and you're cooking and doing something else. I don't know. I'm not, you know, judging, but I'm just saying we can get really distracted or whatever it might be and it not even penetrate or we can hear the word and we get all excited and we're enthusiastic and we're ready and we're there. and as soon as we get off zoom and we go into the next room we click the tv on and it's out of our minds and as soon as that challenge comes that pressure whatever it might be that joy goes away and when we get together, we're all excited. But then when we're on our own, you know. And then he talks about this other soil. He talks about the soil that's being choked. The soil that's worried, that's anxious, that's desiring other things. You know, one, sometimes you and I, we can get so busy that we forget to spend that quality time with God. And I don't mean just read our Bibles, but man, that quality time, you know what I mean? The time where you come away from that time with God and you are saying, God is with me. Now let's go, Lord, what do you want me to do here? But see, because of the busyness of life or the pleasures of life, we can get inundated with life and not take that time to allow the word to, 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 to marinate, to, to meditate on it. And therefore we go running after something else and we'll get to God later. But see, then he says, there's another soil. He says, then there's the good soil. Then there's that heart that hears the word. It welcomes it. It retains it. And it takes what it hears and it applies it to, to life. And it's exciting because now I'm not just hearing what God's saying. I'm looking at things and I'm seeing it from God's perspective. And now I'm learning how to apply the word to my life, to my thinking, to my attitude, to my actions. And now I'm not doing things that I naturally would do. I'm actually doing 
unnatural things. Like I'm being patient, like I'm being kind, I am being self-control and I'm not exactly sure why, but what I'm thinking about is what he said to me. And now I'm quoting what he said to me. Or I'm looking at life and not getting so discouraged and I'm saying, okay, here comes another challenge. Consider it pure joy, Russ, when you face the car breaking down, the house basement flooding, you know, you, you had a, 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 a disagreement with your wife. You had a, uh, the, the bill collector said, oh, we made a mistake and didn't charge you enough. Uh, when we face trials of many kinds, that we know that the testing of our faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, Jesus is trying to get us to be that fourth soil, that mature soil, that mature disciple who listens, he meditates, he absor absorbs, and he follows God's word along the twisting paths of life. See, that's the soil that Jesus is encouraging us to be so that not only can we do his will, but there is nothing more exciting in life than doing what God wants you to do and then watching him fulfill his promises. I want to show you another video. Are you with me? So when, when I was at Staten Island, I saw this uh, sister and she looked familiar. And then I remembered, check this out. Hey, and how old are you? Where are you from? Newburgh. Um, I know we've only been at camp for a day. What, uh, what have you learned so far at camp? Okay. How do you think that you will uh, get to know God better? If you read the Bible, you could learn His words and then practice His words, not only just read it. Okay. That's great. Um, well, are you having fun? What's been the most fun part so far? I guess I'll turn it Hmm. You like that? Yeah. Okay, cool. And, uh, excuse me. Um. So, there she is. There's Kiana, who's now 27. She's in the middle and a nurse in the Staten Island ministry. And Kiana said at the age of 12, that if you hear the word and then you put it into practice, that that's how you grow in your faith. And basically you mature. And here is a flesh and blood example of a 12 year old who did what she heard at camp. And now she's a faithful disciple at 27. 
I got one point this morning. And here it is. To understand why, submit and apply. To understand why, submit and apply. A mature disciple, that good soil, that fourth soil, devotes a lifetime to listening to God's word, to retaining that word in their hearts, in their minds, and continuing throughout life to listen to God's word and put it into practice. See, you're never going to mature if you don't stop, understand why, submit, and apply. If it's just head knowledge, if it's just a matter of continually gaining knowledge, but it doesn't translate into application, you're going to stay stuck, choked out. Because that last part of application is the missing piece. You know, where, where are you at this morning? And I'm not trying to get on us. We've been through some challenging times. But I want to call us back to Jesus and remember his word. But where, where are you this morning? Are you reading his word and understanding it? Surrendering and applying. Are you taking that, you know, we used to do the 2020 challenge, you know, read 20 minutes, take, pray, whatever it might be. But is that still your conviction? Because brothers and sisters, and again, friends, if you're visiting, the power is in the word. You know, people who are enthusiastic for a brief period of time will get pulled away into the world's pleasures because the world is more attractive and it seems like it's fun, it's this, it's that. And what ends up happening is you didn't have to learn the lesson. Wow, if I trusted what God said and took it and put it into practice, then I see the value of why God says flee immorality, you know, be generous, or you fill in the blank. But, you know, it's so easy to get excited and to get caught up and maybe our emotions or feelings, but then not kind of go all the way to where God wants us to go. And again, where, where does God want us to go? Well, over here to Luke chapter six, and you know, Kiana said it in her way, but Jesus says it this way. In Luke six, verse 47, I will show you what it's like. I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. 
You know, I love this passage because, again, Jesus gives you and I an image. And what's the image? Well, it, it, it's, a, it's like a contractor, right? A contractor agrees to build a house. Well, one contractor digs deep down and he digs a hole all the way down to the bedrock. Then he fills the hole with strong foundation laid on top of the bedrock. Then he builds the house on that foundation. Now he knows I don't have anything to fear. And come what may, this house is gonna stand because the house is built on deep foundation, on bedrock. But then you got the other kind, the other contractor who wants to get by, who wants to take the shortcut, who wants to do it as cheaply as possible. In fact, he doesn't even bother to build, dig a, a, a hole or lay the foundation. He just starts building the house on the surface of the ground. Well, then the floods come and the Bible said instantaneously the house falls. Well, why? It has no connection to the bedrock, no foundation. You know, if you look earlier in this passage, Jesus says, hey, you can either be a hypocrite or you can be a disciple, a faithful disciple. But the choice is yours. And the real choice is, well, am I just going to be religious? Am I going to know the songs and be able to read, the quote the Bible? Or am I going to take this, hear it, understand why, submit, and apply? My prayer is that we decide to simply be wise builders, to remember Jesus's words, and to put them into practice. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I got a fitness coach. And basically, um, I said, you know, I got to get more serious about this. So I got a coach. And basically, each week we have these check-ins. He calls me and says, hey, how you doing? And so we write out a plan. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. Here's how it's going to be. And I read the book, understood follow the principles. And you know what? I'm losing body fat. I'm pretty fired up about that. Not as fast as I'd like, but it's actually working. And here's the thing that's different. I'm doing what this guy has written and scientifically proven. And guess what? It works. Simple. It works. Brothers and sisters, friends, if you're visiting, it's not about giving God a try. It's understanding that the power to change, the power to become what he desires, the power to live the Christian life comes from him and his work. He's the designer. He's the architect. To understand why, Submit and apply. I hope this morning that you take time to take God's word and not just hear it, not just understand it, but to apply it. Just one thing, one thing a day. And let's get back into that rhythm of being 
like the wise builder so that no matter what comes our way, we're going to still be standing because we are building on Jesus. And for that, to God be the glory. Thank you.